A A What's the matter with your A? All right, enough. Uh, welcome to the Harlan Highway Podcast, ladies and gurgle blaggins. Uh, we are going to have fun today. What a show, what a show, what a show, what a show. I'm Harlan Williams, your host, and I'm going to be guiding you through the madness. Um, we are going to be talking about uh, some driving activity that went on in my life. I, I got I got a, a speed challenge in my Tesla. Wait till you hear about this. Uh, I got a little bit of road rage thrown at me in my Tesla. What do you hear about this? Um, I've also got a crazy news story today where some guy, let's just say he's a very lucky man. He's defied the odds and some spectacular things have happened to him in his life that defy mathematics. He's done uh, incredibly strange and wonderful things. Uh, things that would probably not happen to most of us if we lived 50 zillion lifetimes. Also, uh, we're going to be discussing the Iran nuclear deal that was made or not made with the United States. And Colonel Lieutenant, uh, Lieutenant Colonel uh, Tom Dowdy will be here. Uh, he's calling in to talk about the horrible nuclear deal all here on the Harland Highway. Ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to introduce the Harland Highway. I promise you, I will please you all. Believe me. What is he like? What's he like anyway? Oh, he's an angel. He's an angel straight from heaven. You're gonna need a bigger boat. You're listening to Harland Williams. Why don't you give me a name and a face and a reason why? Oh man, what do you expect? The guy's a gigolo, man. <laughs> It's over, Johnny. It's over. Nothing is over! You just don't turn it off! You just made a wrong turn onto the Harland Highway. Weird. Just plain weird. You know what I mean? I'm still alive. Well, I'll tell you what I won't give you, you muckers! I won't give you the satisfaction of saying that I'm sorry! Welcome to the Harland Highway. Oh, you get your money's worth, believe me. The Harland Highway. Crazy news story. That's weird. Wow. That's strange stuff. Okay, here it is. Here it is. I always like to open the show with a crazy news story. Oh, oh, oh. Uh, listen to this headline, man. Um, stroke of luck. And I'm going to put this in question mark. Stroke of luck. Man who survived lightning strike wins lottery. Holy God. Uh, here's the story. Winning a lottery is pretty rare. Winning a lottery and surviving a lightning strike is even more unusual. Uh, more unusual. But that's what happened to one Canadian man, according to these reports. Peter McCarthy of Nova Scotia won $100,000 in the Atlantic lottery plies on July 15th with his co-worker... But this isn't the first time McCarthy defied the odds. In a less lucky moment, as a teen, McCarthy was struck by lightning while wading in shallow water, attempting to secure a boat, according to the Canadian television outlet out in uh, the Atlantic provinces. McCarthy says there was one big white cloud in the sky and the lightning bolt came through the trees and hit me. 
Good Lord. I mean, that that is pretty wild. How many of you can say, A, you've been hit by lightning, and B, you've won a lottery, but to do both? I mean, maybe this guy should, uh, you know, go to the, get, get a colonoscopy and see if there's a horseshoe up his arse. <laughs> I mean, God, maybe this guy should go mining for gold and find a giant nugget. Go to Vegas. This guy's lucky. The article says, what are the chances of these two things happening to one person? Well, let's get into the mathematics here, folks. A mathematics professor at the University of Moncton, which is in Canada, estimates it's about 1 in 2.6 trillion. Holy lotus blossom. So this guy's pretty damn lucky. I mean, can you imagine that? 1 in 2.6 trillion. Guy gets hit by lightning and, and wins a lottery. I think what would be cool is if he won the lottery and as he was holding up the winning ticket, um, a light fell out of the roof and he got electrocuted. <laughs> and he survived that. And as he was walking out of the building, um, he got hit by an 18-wheeler. <laughs> but somehow survived and stumbled into a field. And <laughs> I guess during the war, they didn't get all the landmines dug up and the poor guy steps on one. <laughs> and kaboom. But he doesn't die. Oh, no. Oh, no, no, no. He flies into the air and gets hit by a plane that's landing. Yeah, like a, a, a jumbo jet's coming in, and wham! Hits this guy right out of midair. So this guy flies through the air after getting hit by uh, by a jumbo jet. Um, flies into the ocean, and as he's sinking, he drifts to the bottom and accidentally lands on some ancient buried treasure from a ship that went down in the 1800s full of Spanish gold. That's what I want to see with this guy. Hell, screw him. That's what I want to see with me. So now the guy's got the hit by lightning, hit by, got the lottery ticket, hit by a truck, stepped on a landmine, got electrocuted, got hit by a plane, gets, it blows up. And he lands on top of a bunch of uh, three, $300 million worth of, of missing rare Spanish bullion. And he's set for life. Oh, what a lucky guy. But we should all be so lucky. We should all have the $1.2.35 trillion opportunity to... Oh, oh God. Uh-oh, wait a minute. It's getting cloudy outside the, the, the studio here. What's that big gray cloud? Oh, my God. It's coming right towards the window. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Ah! Yeah! I own a motel not too far from here. And you'd be welcome to spend the night in one of the empty rooms if you'd like. 
Oh boy. Well, let's move on to something that maybe isn't so lucky for all of us. Uh, are you guys like me? Are, are you a bit skeptical of this whole uh, Iran nuclear deal that uh, President Barack Obama made with the Iranians? I mean, is it is it odd to you that we're we're sitting down and negotiating at all with a country that? A, has uh, stated they want to wipe Israel off the map. They've got like four American hostages. And their grand leader tweets things like, we hate America. America is the devil. And people are chanting, uh, we hate America. Just for starters, are, are, are are these the type of people we should even be negotiating with? I don't feel comfortable with that. And and then part of the negotiation process was that if we want to go in and uh, check their nuclear uh, facilities, plural, uh, they get to have a 20-day window or some ridiculous thing. I don't have the exact number, but, but uh, you know, even a two-day window to me seems ridiculous. Do you know how much you can hide away in two days? you know how much you can hide away in 24 hours? We're giving them almost a month. Hey, listen, guys, look, you know, we know you're not making nuclear bombs. You know, you you would never do that to us. You know, it's not like you you ever, you know, say bad things about us or think we're the devil or like, you know, back in the 70s, you took like 250 uh, Americans hostage for three years, you know. It's not like that. It's not like you're giving guns to the rebels in Iraq and helping to disrupt uh, you know, the whole Middle East. So so listen, here's what we're going to do, okay? Well, you guys are working in your plural nuclear facilities. Just in case, you know, we get a bad vibe or something smells a little fishy, we'd like to come and inspect, okay? But here's what we're going to do because we're pussy America. Why don't we give you 20 or 24 days to just, you know, prepare for us coming? You know, because we don't want to be the we don't want to be the boisterous, invasive house guest. You know, if you need to clean up, you know, put some curtains up, vacuum the rug, hide some plutonium, some iridium, whatever you know you have to do. Move everything in the facility we want to check to another facility and take your time doing it. You know, we want to give you that that levity right there. Okay. I mean, what are you what are, what are you joking? I don't know, man. I don't know. I th- I think with bullies, with thugs, with bad people, you just got to stand up to them. Is, is there anything wrong with saying, hey, guys, guess what? You build a bomb, it's kablam time. So go ahead, try it. Try and build a bomb. We will We will shoot missiles through your bunkers. And wipe out the hillsides that you're hiding the bombs in. It'll just be eviscerated. It'll probably take us, you know, we gave you 22 days. It'll probably take us 22 hours to blow up every nuclear facility you have. So don't even dream of making a bomb. And by the way, we're going to go in and inspect on a moment's notice. Why are we, we're talking about nuclear bombs here, gang. We're not talking about, uh kitty litter we're not talking about someone hiding fireworks 
talking about nuclear bombs that could help destroy the planet we live on. Could help wipe out a, a whole race of people, the Jewish people. What are we doing? But don't, don't take it from me. I mean, we have an expert in the field. I'm, I'm ranting here. Um, we thought it would be good to get someone from the military and get to get their expertise on this because that's, you know, I probably don't know what I'm talking about. I never do, but this guy does. This guy was in the Vietnam war. He was, he was embedded deep in the jungles of Vietnam. Uh, he was there for the whole tour of duty. Uh, Colonel, uh, commander Tom, uh, French, uh, French Lieutenant, uh, Corporal Tom Dowdy, uh, f- from, from the U S uh, military, a, a lifetime soldier, a patriot, a war hero, uh, ch- chief inspector, uh, Lieutenant Colonel, um, a corporal, uh, major Tom, Tom Dowdy, uh, Colonel, uh, Lieutenant Captain, are, are you there, sir? Oh, uh, yes, sir. This is uh, Lieutenant, uh, French, French Lieutenant uh, Corporal uh, Tom, Tom Dowdy uh, from the uh, uh, United States Marines, uh, Navy 6, uh, SEAL, SEAL Team 12. Uh, you are a go, sir. You are a go. Uh, hello, uh, Inspe- Inspector Chief uh, Lieutenant uh, to Tom Dowdy. Yes, I already said you are a go, civilian. You are a go. Uh, y- yes, sir. Well, I-, I know you've been listening on the other line to this conversation about uh, the whole uh, Iran nuclear deal. Unbelievable. Uh, all I can say is absolutely unbelievable. You know, I fought for this country, civilian. Okay. I was entrenched in the jungles of Vietnam. I was so deep into those jungles, I was deeper than a, a fist up your grandmother's wrinkly ass pipe. Sir, sir, please, let's not go there. Well, if you think it was easy what I did, it wasn't, okay? Uh, I was deep, deep in some serious shit. So, sir, you, you got to watch your language. There are uh, younger listeners that, uh, that that listen to the show. Well, they can thank their lucky stars and stripes that they had me fighting for their freedom because uh, Vietnam was a walking, living hell, okay? Imagine you were a, a, a termite wandering around in Oprah Winfrey's armpit hair, okay? First of all, you gotta crawl under that flabby armpit of hers. Have you ever seen her put her, her arms out and she's got that flabby underarm meat? And then imagine crawling through that hell right up into her hairy black armpits. I mean, are you fucking kidding me, civilian? Sir, please! Uh, can we stay on... on f- can we stay on topic? We're talking about the Iranian uh, nuclear deal that uh, President Obama negotiated. Negotiated? Did, did you just say negotiated to me, civilian? Sir, I did. Well, you can take that negotiated. You can put it in an ice cream sandwich and shove it up Ronald Reagan's ass pipe. Sir, if you could stop saying ass pipe, that's a little uh, offsetting. Well, I'll tell you what, that wasn't a negotiation, all right? That was the United States of America. 
checking into a Motel 6 in a small desert town, accidentally leaving the door unlocked, and a truck driver coming in and raping us seven ways till Thursday, okay? Not wearing a condom. Probably still got his cowboy hat on while he's raping us. Now that that's a bit graphic, sir. And so is nuclear war, citizen. I don't know if you've ever heard of Nagasaki or Hiroshima. Of course, sir. Horrific, uh, the nuclear bombs that went off uh, to, to stop the war with Japan. Those people were fried up like Kenny Rogers roasters, all right? You're talking about bodies laying on the sidewalks and in the ditches. And I don't know if you've ever been to Kenny Rogers roasters. Sir, I, the Kenny Rogers roasters is, is no longer in existence. All right, well... Have you ever seen uh, a chicken flaming on a grill? Yes, sir. All right, well, I want you to picture... I want you to picture Japanese bodies sizzling in the heat in a ditch. Okay, sir, can we stick to the Iran thing? I'll tell you what, civilian. I'll negotiate a deal with the Iranians and the United States of America. I'll negotiate a deal, not President Barack Obama. I'll, I'll. Sir, I, look, as I said in, in my pre-ramble here, I didn't think it was a good deal, but what, what would you do? What's your idea of a, a, a deal negotiated between Iran and the United States? Here's what I'd do. I'd say to Iran, I'd say, here's the deal. Here's the deal, Iran. You're not going to build a nuclear bomb. And here's what you get in return. I'm going to bend your ass over a log deep in the Vietnamese jungle, okay? I'm going to tie your hands to your ankles. And I'm going to take your Iranian ass and slather it with Mrs. Butterworth's syrup. All right, I'm gonna slather your Iranian ass with Mrs. Butterworth's syrup. You know the bottle, don't you, citizen? Yeah, the the, the little bottle that looks like uh, the woman. It's a glass bottle of a woman. That's right. That's Mrs. Butterworth, and she is an American citizen. And I'm gonna bend Iran's ass right over a log deep in the fucking Vietnamese jungle, and I'm gonna slather their ass with Mrs. Butterworth's all over that ass crack. And you know what happens next, civilian? Sir, this this is not realistic. Do you know what happens next, civilian? Sir. Ants. You want me to spell it for you, civilian? I will. Capital A-N-T-S. Sir, please, you're getting overly dramatic. I will watch as ants crawl up their asses and eat them from the inside because that's what I had to go through in the Vietnam War. I had to watch... Sir, this is, this is a little uh, too intense for our listeners. I will slather their Iranian asses with Mrs. Butterworth bent over a log, and I will watch ants crawl up there. Sir! Please! Is there any more realistic negotiation you would do with Iran? All right. All right, I see what you're saying. 
got it, civilian. I got it. The average civilian isn't ready for uh, the sound of war. It's not a pretty picture, and I understand that. So let me shift gears. Here's the deal I give Iran. I say, Iran, you don't build a nuclear weapon. And what you get in return, the United States of America shoves bamboo slivers right under your fingernails. We sit you down at a baby grand piano. And you play Billy Joel's The Piano Man. Sir, what? You heard me, civilian. We shove bamboo right onto their fingernails. One of the most painful experiences you'll ever experience. And don't think for a minute that I wasn't tortured in the Vietnam jungle. Oh, yeah. I know what it feels like, civilian. I know what it feels like. Sir? Sir! I said we're all in the mood for a melody. And you got us feeling alright. Sir, if you could not sing. Oh, la di di da di di da. La 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 la. Oh, sing us a nuclear deal. You're the piano man. You got us feeling all right. Sir, this is not practical. Well, I'll tell you what. I'm going to shove some Iranian meat into my tip jar. I'll tell you that much. Sir, I, look, I, I, I'm, I'm, we're grateful for your service. We thank you for all you did, but I, I don't know that this call really worked out. It's nine o'clock on a Saturday, civilian. The regular crowd shuffles in. She said, man, what are you doing here? Put some bread in my jar. And what are you doing here, piano man, tonight? Okay, I, I, I think you got the lyrics mixed up, uh, Colonel Lieutenant Commander. Uh, French captain. Oh, la, 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 la. Sir, we've got to go. Thank you for sharing your thoughts. La, 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 la. Sir, goodbye. Oh, cigars, I saw you the piano man. I'm going to slather your ass in Mrs. Butterworth. Oh, we're all in the mood for some ant motherfucker. Sir! Good Lord! Whoa! That that guy is he just bent. He, he, he bends around a different corner than the rest of us. Boy, Roger, you know, I, I, I thought he'd be a great guest to... to you know, help us kind of maneuver through this horrible nuclear deal and, and it, slathering the the Iranians' ass with Mrs. Butterworth. Wow. I, you know, maybe we think twice before calling him again. 
But uh, anyways, folks, it, either way you slice it, uh, it's an interesting time. It's an interesting situation, and let's see how it plays out. Hopefully it all plays out for the, the betterment of mankind. <sighs> no, don't call him back, Roger. Let's move on. Kept on looking for a sign in the middle of the night. Uh, all right, so uh, a couple of driving stories here to close out the show. Um, it happened. It happened uh, for the first time, I guess. As you know, I got the Tesla, which uh, which is a, is a pretty wild car. And uh, I was driving the other day, and uh, I pulled up um, beside... Some guy, he looked like he was right out of 1983, okay? It was, it was a, looked kind of like an Italian dude with the open collar shirt and the, the spiked dark hair and the sunglasses, and he was sitting in a convertible Corvette with the big muffler on the back. So I was like, <laughs> and I just started smiling as I pulled up because it's like I told you with the Tesla, it, it's like nothing can beat it out of out of a dead stop. It's so fast. It's got so much uh, power that it's been recorded that that these these high performance sports cars can't touch it when it comes to uh, accelerating out of a dead stop. So uh, I pulled up beside the guy and uh, kind of looked over and I was like, oh boy, you know, should I? And, uh, and the traffic started and, and somehow he got like in behind someone else. And so I pulled forward and, uh, I got in front of him and we got to a red light. So now this guy was sitting behind me and, uh, you know, I couldn't tell if he was like eyeing me up or not, but just for the hell of it, um, when the light turned green, I floored it and I just like. I was gone, and I think the guy sensed that I was going to do it, and so I heard this loud engine, and I looked in my rearview mirror, and here was this guy, like, trying to chase me, and he was behind me, and then I had to, I came up to the next light, and I had to slow down, and he came rolling in behind me, and uh, he pulls over into the other lane beside me, and now I'm sitting there with, you know, Gino Pasquelli, or whoever he was. And he's looking at me, and uh, I, I just, I had to do it. I looked over at him, and I said, hey, dude, you, you can't beat the Tesla. And then he says something like, oh, I was right on you, man. I lit you up. And I was like, yeah, you're right on me. You were behind me, dude. And I said to him, I said, you can't beat the Tesla. It goes zero to 60 in, in like less than three seconds. And he kind of knew I could tell, but then to his defense, he goes, oh, well, so does this. And I just shook my head. I said, no, dude, it doesn't. And he goes, yeah, it does. And I said, no. I said, dude, you, you, should, you should get a Tesla. It's a great car. And he just kind of stared at me. Now he's like kind of in disbelief. And I wasn't saying it to be arrogant. I was saying it because I realized this guy appreciated speed. 
He appreciated a fast car. He appreciated high performance. And so I was trying to like tip him. I, I said, you should, you should, you should get this car. And he kind of like looked at me like, you know, who are you asshole? And I said, Oh no. I said, it's a great car. You, you should like take it for a test drive. And he sneered at me again. I, I said, but your car's great too. And then he, I think he kind of got it that, you know, I was just trying to like, you know, I wasn't trying to insult the guy. I was trying to like kind of have a fast car bonding moment with the guy. But I think he kind of knew that he was beat. And I think in that moment, he kind of had this, this look on his face like, man, I'm so old school. Like, what is this, Corvette Summer with Mark Hamill from 1975? And I realized I should have said to him, I just should have said, guy, you got to get with the future. You really look like you belong in, in the remake of Roller Boogie or something. And again, I'm not, I'm not being a cocky or an ass. I really wanted this guy to, you could tell he, he, he had a need for speed. He wanted to have a cool car. And I thought, man, there's nothing really cooler than the Tesla right now. There's nothing faster. And so I was kind of trying to say, hey, dude, you should get into this. You should come join the club. So I think I might have insulted him. I don't know if he was like being macho or whatever, but we just kind of rolled off from each other. He took a left turn and I went forward. There was no animosity, but it was kind of a, I think he knew he was, he was like, his days were done. There was like a new gunslinger in town. So that was kind of fun. And then, uh, and then on, in the same moment, like 10 minutes later, I'm going down the highway and tell me if this has happened to you guys. Uh, you're going down the highway and you're changing lanes. You're doing your thing. And I wasn't speeding. I was going the speed limit. And all of a sudden, um, like a, a motorcycle starts pulling up beside me. And I'm like, oh, man, this guy's like kind of riding right beside me here. What's going on? And then we kind of got into some traffic and traffic slowed like pretty much to a stop. And this motorcycle made a point of like rolling up right beside my window and I look over at him, I'm thinking, what's this guy doing? And then he just, he has like leather gloves on in the middle of summer, black leather gloves, kind of a chubby guy, short and chubby, like one of these guys that thinks a motorcycle is cool and somehow melts away the fat and his triple chin. But no, dude, you just look like a fat loser on a cool motorcycle. In fact, the motorcycle would be a lot better off if your fat ass wasn't on it, making it look bad. So the guy gets his leather gloves and gives me the middle finger. And he's got like the, the dark visor down, so I can't see his eyes. And I'm like, I just look at him. I go, what's your problem, dude? And then he just like drove away. And I'm thinking, okay, this is probably what happened. And it's probably happened to you guys. Motorcycles are sometimes hard to spot on the road. And I think all of us have done this. You've made a lane change and possibly there was a motorcycle somewhere in the equation. Maybe he was a little behind you or off to the side or sometimes you don't see them. That's just natural. You don't have to be a dick. You're just, that's part of driving. And what I'm guessing is maybe when I was changing lanes, there was a motorcycle there and I didn't see him. And maybe I cut him off or maybe I forced him to slow down or maybe something dangerous. I have no idea. But obviously he was irritated with me, took the time to get up beside me and flip me off with his Knight Rider black glove finger. 
looked like a goofball. And I just kind of gave him the look of death, and he fucked off. <laughs> and, uh, and I, I, you know, I thought to myself, man, people, you know, you got to remember everybody. Before you go flipping someone off, a lot of times people aren't aware that they've caused you to deviate from your flight plan. What I'm saying is like sometimes all of us take a left turn or a right turn or slow down or we change lanes. And yes, it's our fault, but sometimes we're not aware we don't see something in our rearview mirror or off to the side. And so before you flip someone off like an asshole, because flipping someone off I think is one of the most ignorant things I've ever seen, um, you got to remember, sometimes people weren't trying to do you bad, okay? Sometimes people weren't trying to cut you off. You really think someone was trying to cut you off, like you can see them flagrant, flagrantly doing it, okay, give them the bird. But if it looks like an innocent lane change or something, don't, don't give someone the finger. Why are you going to give someone the finger for something they're not even aware of? So before you become Johnny-like, anger management road rager, why don't you assess what just happened, assess what you saw, and, and take a look and go, oh, I don't think that guy knew I was there or whatever. And nobody can be at fault for that. We, not, all of us, we can't see everything. Sometimes we miss stuff. Sometimes people get hit in the head with a baseball because they're not looking. If you're a driver, you should be looking, of course, but sometimes... We just miss stuff even if we are paying attention. So there you go. And in this day and age, I don't advise giving the finger. I mean, we live in a world where people are getting shot for playing music loud at gas stations, for texting in movie theaters, for lipping off. I mean, the finger is a very bold, arrogant, aggressive move. And in today's world in the United States of America where people are trigger happy and just looking for a reason to to let their rage out you you better think twice before giving anyone the finger man because you might be the last finger you ever give and and that finger's pointing up to heaven that's where you'll be going i'm i'm telling you man today's world is way too dangerous to be flipping people off sometimes it's even too dangerous to honk just, just So what I'm saying is just calm down, be aware, and unless you see some asshole dressed like he just came out of the movie Road Warrior and he's laughing and drooling and trying to cut you off as he's driving by and giving you the finger and thumbing his nose at you and obviously trying to cut you off in traffic or, you know, mess with you, then you give him the finger. But if you think it just might have been someone that wasn't aware of you, don't don't be so angry about it as if you've never done it. Before you give the finger, think, gee, have I ever done that, not seen someone? Uh-huh. Yeah, you have. Guess what? You have. Uh-huh. That's right. Guess what? Surprise. Hello. Happy birthday. <laughs> um, so there you go. It's my little rant about traffic and speeding and Corvette summer and fingers and Night Rider. All rolled into a nice granola bar of ranting. A, a granola rant, if you will. 
Um, so there you go. Be be courteous on the road, and uh, you know, let's all can't we all just get along? And I'll leave it right there, man. Some food for thought when you're out there driving down the Harland Highway. All right. Um, let's do some quick announcements, y'all. Y'all, y'all, y'all. Uh, let's see what is going on. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, I'm only doing one stand-up comedy show this summer uh, at a club, an official one, a full weekend, and that will be August 20th to the 23rd, uh, and that is going to be at, at the Irvine Spectrum in Orange County, California, the Improv, amazing new uh, club. They just remodeled it, 600-seater. Oh, my God. I'm going to have a blast. Uh, that's August 20th to August 24th. A great way to wind down your, your summer months. Go out with a laugh. Come in, relax. The, it's set in a great big outdoor mall. So after you go to the show, you can go get, there's like 50 amazing restaurants. Or you can do that before the show. There's little bars. You can go get a drink. You can sit outside in the night heat. Make a night of it. Come see me. Have some laughs. I'll be doing a meet and greet after the show. Say hello. Um, it's going to be an awesome time. I'm, I'm, I'm going to make you laugh, damn it. And if you if I don't, you can give me the finger. Um, and then going into September, uh, again, I'm keeping it low key. I uh, have something cool going on uh, in the TV world. I'll, I'll uh, let you guys know about that. Uh, very shortly, and that's why I'm cutting back a little on my stand-up performances. Some TV action happening for the kid. Um, but uh, if you have any comments, you can call me, 323-739-4330, 323-739-4330. Uh, if you want to write me, harlanwilliams.com, the number's also there. You can write me on the contact page. Uh, there's also a great store at my website if you want to buy some fun merchandise. We'll ship it out to you ASAP. Clothing, music, CDs, DVDs, digital downloads, all kinds of fun stuff. Um, also, uh, join me on Periscope. I'm at Harlan Williams, the Periscope app where I broadcast live to the world. Funny skits and characters. Twitter, at Harlan Williams. You can find me on Facebook. Oh, everywhere. Subscribe to my YouTube channel as I post my wacky videos and all that madness. So I hope you had a good time. Hope you're enjoying your summer, all you pavement pounders. And uh, we're out, man. We are out. So until next time, chicken chow mein, baby. Have a really nice day today, folks. You deserve it.